Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated sports podcast in the history of professional sports podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Live from the 8-1-5. Episode 66 of Live from the A15 Podcast, your weekly entertainment every Wednesday. Here uh, it is the usual three. I'm Colton. Uh, it is Jake. Jake, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Colton. Thanks for having me. Hey. Okay. Hey, uh, Sam. How are you? You're here. Still feeling second best. What a hot start. What a really hot start from us. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. We have a big interview. Let's clap it up for the interview. Wow, high energy. You can't get enough of this. This is, this is what you feed on. We have... Uh, I know. I know. I was, I was bouncing my microphone. It was a real real good, good uh, job on my part. But we have um, an interview coming in later with New York Times best-selling author, Jeff Perlman, um, you guys were too busy with your lives to even care about doing the interview, so I stepped up. I be- I became uh, the hero that we all don't deserve, but we all need. So shout out to me. Did the interview? Credit credit to Colton. Credit to me. So we'll uh, play that in a little bit. But first, we'll do a, a State of the Union, where we all just talk about <laughs> our favorite teams, get it out of the way. That way, we don't have any bias. Talk about anything else. Uh, we'll start with Sam. Sam. Um, state of your union, your teams. Give me the Bears. Give me the Bulls. Give me the Blackhawks. If you have anything on them, start with the Bears. Go ahead, Colton. I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the Bears. That was an awesome game this last week. It was our to me. It was the biggest one of the season. It was the most like, hey, we we need these two next two games. Let's get these next two dubs. They went out and shut them down. The first three quarters were absolute. I mean, just domination. Obviously, it tailed off at the end there, but. Um, biggest thing out of all of it, defense looked great. Cleo Mack was just plowing guys over for fun. It looked like it was nothing out there to him again. Uh, no step back whatsoever. Mitch Trubisky, Colton, your boy, your dog, your I little cute puppy. So much. I love him oh, so much. Oh. I mean, he, I think, I, I mean, really I do. I always feel like there's a lot of scheme that goes behind it. I don't know if he's actually just a, a good quarterback yet. I don't know if that's a thing. I think it's naggy, but. He was so on last week. It was so beautiful to watch. So, um, But going forward, it's still the Vikings. That's that's the big game here. That's the are we good game. Um, is this a playoff team? Is this a team that can win a game in the playoffs Is this coming week? Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Colt, what did you think? I'm, before I go on to the next couple, how would you feel? It was awesome. Um, basically, every other Bears win, you have – you like people point out anything like, oh, well, this team wasn't that good. They should have won that game or this player was out, or this happened, or this. This was just, we had a, a divisional game, we needed to win it, and we were better than them. And it was it was, yep. it was was the first win all year that was like that. It was awesome. Like you said, Mitchie Titties, he was the best. I love him. Uh, he he looked like, like an actual quarterback that, like, he, like, basically how I'm gauging it is if this defense plays well, is Trubisky playing better than Rex Grossman? Because Rex Grossman got to a Super Bowl if... 
if if Mitch Trubisky can play better than uh, Rex Grossman, then I will be happy. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, a different league with just the the power offenses that are in there now. But I agree. This is a how many division games? I mean, Colton, I feel like as a Bear fan, we just don't win many division games, anyways, right? We lost what like, like nine straight to the Lions or something like that. Yeah, nine, I, ten. nine out of the last ten. Yuck! Wow. So yeah, this was a this is actually a big win. This I is a really like, big one. Jump in so we can get get the football out of the way. I want to say that these next two weeks, I don't say this lightly, are the most important two weeks in football in, history. The whole yeah, in the history of football, I don't say it lightly. <laughs> it was my idea. It's my saying. But seriously, the Packers have the Seahawks and the Vikings. The Vikings have the Bears and the Packers. The Bears have the Vikings and the Lions. It is the division is being decided now. The Bears can officially prove me, prove to me and a lot of other any real pessimistic Bears fans or non-Bears fans that they are a playoff team if they beat the Vikings. Period. Like then I'll believe it. Like this is such a big game for the Bears and the Packers on Thursday night. Oh my God, it is massive because the Seahawks are one of the teams fighting for the wild card with Atlanta. And whoever doesn't make it out of the NFC North, those those guys are going to be fighting. So Thursday night in Seattle, massive game, and then and then we got to go to Minnesota. So if the Packers can win these games, they're legit. If the Bears can win these next two, they're legit. So and both could happen. It could be a Bears Packers uh, both making the playoff scenario here. But uh, I just wanted to add that into the football. This is huge. Sam, uh, what do you think um, the outlook should be for? A Bears fan going into Sunday night. Uh, no expectations. Set the bar extremely low. I feel like I've been let down every. I mean, this is obviously not the Jay Cutler Rex Grossman time period. This is the the I don't even know Khalil Mack Nagy Trubisky era. Oh, please, please. Um, okay, I'm gonna cut that. Say his name again. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. <laughs> That's your quarterback, Sam. I'm gonna, Sam. I'm gonna do what people still mess. His, people still mess up his name and say Trebinsky. So I'm gonna say that Trebinsky, Matt, that's, and Nagy era. That's better than. That's better. That's no, 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 I'll take that better than your your stupid five year old little dumbass comment you just made on him. Maybe sick to my stomach. Cool. Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, I I'm excited. This is you know this is a big game for us. I just have no expectation because if you do that, you're just hurting yourself in the end. I could see Kirk Cousins just throwing dimes all over us next week, and you oh know I, I don't Adam know. Adam Thielen's gonna have 300 yards. So, yeah, you know I'm what I'm so saying? nervous. Just prepare for that, and then you're fine. Oh yeah. Well, oh, man. Yeah. Honestly, we uh, we said it all. These next two weeks are really gonna show the. Uh, who the king of the north is? Shout out to Game of Thrones. Oh, little <laughs> that's an Easter egg. <laughs> okay, all right, moving on. Here we go. Oh, what a good one! Thank you so much, uh, Jake. We'll we'll start basketball off with you, um, guys. I think I uh, said this last week. It's awesome how uh, us three are fans of of different teams, but um, we all have two people that share a team. I'm 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 a fan of all the good ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the ones that are that are playing well right now i'm a fan of so should, uh big big shout out to me um jake the bucks might be i don't know one of the best teams in basketball yeah i mean we just went on a uh, four game west road trip where we lost to the clippers and the trailblazers but we whooped the warriors and beat the nuggets so it was real backwards but that's i mean going out west is tough we played you know uh four games in like in like five days so it was you know we did coming out two and two i am no less confident 
I legitimately think this team could win the East this year. I am no longer saying, well, Boston. I'm now saying they can win the East. Things just got to go right, you know, injuries, all that. I mean, Toronto's better than Boston at this point, in my opinion. So, and Toronto sucks in the playoffs. So we'll see. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be awesome, but the Bucks are legitimately the top uh, in the top class of the East. Yeah, I would say right now the Bucks are definitely uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the East. Who knows? Who knows what the uh, uh, Jimmy Butler is going to bring, which we'll get to later. Who knows if the Celtics can figure it out and and get hot again? I mean, Brad Stevens is the best coach in basketball. Can't can't count him out. Um, so, so I mean, right hey, now, I'm not trying to go ahead. I'm not trying to be a hater on the Bucks here, but is it is it hard to watch a team and look at your star player and be like oh, he has the most disgusting looking three point shot you, like I've ever seen? Like he's two, he's I think he's like two of twenty seven something it, like it, that it, on the year. It's exciting almost because he all he ever does this is what he what does. A, what a game. twist! He takes one. He takes one to start the game, and you're like and you're like oh, oh and you get all excited. And if he he's made I think he's two for twenty six this year. Terrible. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of like when you're is, once he misses that first one, he doesn't take one again until maybe like the fourth quarter. If we're up by a lot, he'll chuck another one up. So he's not really even like giving it a fair shot, and it never slows us down. It looks bad, but it's almost fun to. It's like when a when like a big man like Dwight Howard shoots a three, you're like, oh, that's crazy. You know. Yeah, but but there's a thing is just like you said you said Dwight Howard like when he shoots a three well like Dwight Howard has zero championship rings because he couldn't be that all around player same thing with Giannis and Colton twist of the year oh. from Jake right there actually it's exciting it's cute like, I, you it's know what okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna back Jacob it's gonna it's it's basically like when you're watching football and you have and you can and you come out and it's like like a game winning drive uh type type situation and you throw deep. And like it's overthrown by like 15 yards, but but you're like, damn, I like the aggressiveness. If that hits, that's awesome. That's basically yeah. that's basically what it's like watching Giannis shoot threes. If he hits one a game, hits two a game, people have to people him, have to play him honest, and then he can, and then like, it's 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 not like you're guarding Ben Simmons. It's like you're guarding Giannis. He's two or three years away from from even having an average three point shot. But hey, keep taking him, man. Like practice makes perfect. Yeah. Keep doing it. I don't exactly. care. Exactly. And he's so good. He's so much fun to watch. Like, you don't even care about the threes. You want him to take them because you're like, you deserve it. You're working so hard. You're making all the assists, all the rebounds. You're incredible. Take a three. Have some fun. You know? But he is bad at it, and he's not going to be good, for, like Colton said, for two or three years. So. Yeah, Bulls. well, the Bulls. Um, <laughs> I think the Bulls in the last, what, three games since we – uh, last talked are one and two, so they're doing that that awesome thing where you get like the sixth or seventh draft pick, um, and you get nobody. So that that's fun. That's that's going well, well right now. Or, no, or, is this, Carter. this draft right now, Sam is looking awesome. It yeah, and, and we're gonna hit like seven or eight or whatever it is. Seven or, or eight. Yeah. If you're a Bulls fan and you get seven or eight, quit watching basketball. That would there, there's like five franchise players in this draft and you are going to get them top five if you get yeah, seven not, or eight that's the worst case scenario <laughs> yeah no that's where we'll be at because jabari's starting to play better we have a lot of guys injured right now honestly jabari has played better in the last couple games he's came out and, and done some like 15 16 point games i think he had 20 in there um with 10 rebounds good game he's he's kind of finding a rhythm in the offense which looks good so i'll say that's 
I mean, I, I don't know. It's not positive for me. I, w- I want one of the Duke guys. How about that? So, bad week. Bad, or as Jake would say, it's really exciting. <laughs> um, I would like to point out the Bulls are currently the fifth worst team in the league, uh, tied with the Knicks. So, they are right there. I mean, they're not playing well enough. Like, Cleveland is clearly going for that number one pick. That is a brutal shit show down there. But That's who we just beat. That was that was our one win this last two <laughs> weeks. So <laughs> they, They're out taking you. They're getting the number one pick. They're going for – they're going to have Zion for their next LeBron. So Cleveland actually just crushed Charlotte tonight. So shout out to really? me. I, I bet on Cleveland. Sh- big, big shout out to me. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like the Bulls and the Knicks are in, like, the same spot where they – there's a lot of history and – it's basically just the '90s for them, and they have a, they have a big fan base. Wow, they're like one big free agent away, but they don't they don't ever get big free agents. Um, I like that. So I like that. the Bulls and Knicks, and then the White Sox and Mets. Just to like those two four teams are linked because the White Sox and Mets are both historically bad. They'll spend money, and they're the second team in their town. You know, so I, I like that comparison. We you know Chicago and New York have a lot of. Uh, similarities but uh i think that's is that all we got for the bull sam unless you got some more i was just gonna say Lori's <clears throat> Lori markinen's injured longer than what people thought to now so don't be wrong he'll come back him and portis will come back eventually and we'll be just good enough to hit that six or seven uh draft pick for sure but yeah we that's can awesome. we can finish the state of the union on the white Sox. um uh jake take it away what are the white Sox doing to court bryce harper uh, yeah, right now there's I got three kind of White Sox news here. One, the Bryce Harper thing happened on Thursday of the show, so right after, basically a day or two after we recorded, and uh, there was a picture sent out of the United Center with Bryce Harper, number 34, black and white White Sox, and, the, and there was a tweet said, my dad just sent me this. There's a Harper jersey on the Jordan statue. And the tweet was immediately deleted. It hasn't been talked about by Redline Radio. It was tweeted at White Sox well, yeah, Day. Well, yeah, it was. It was. I didn't hear him reference it. It sounded like he was like not want didn't want to bring it up. Yeah, it was. you know. Well, it wasn't much, and there hasn't been any like official news about it. But uh, yeah, the White Sox were officially. I mean, they had to have had Bryce Harper. He was in Chicago too, so they courted Bryce Harper. It's official. They're legitimately going for it. This is a reason to be excited. So what we said last week where the reports, it's official. They're definitely trying to get them. Um, there's two other things. Patrick Corbin is the name to watch. Apparently the White Sox are the number one pursuer of him. He's looking for $100 million. He had a 315 ERA in Arizona last year. 250 strikeouts. So keep that. just watch that name. It's a long offseason. And Avi Garcia, he's being shopped around uh, heavily. So we could be trading Avi. And uh, yeah, that there could a lot of changes coming for the White Sox. So yeah, we'll, keep an eye. Yeah, we'll we'll dive deep into the uh, offseason moves uh, later in the offseason. But there's plenty to be excited about if you are a White Sox fan. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, but moving on, you guys ready for some listener questions? Absolutely. All right, listeners, tweet us at live from the A15. Ask us basically any question, anything that gets tweeted at us, we'll definitely ask. Um, all right, I guess number one right here. Uh, this is from at Queso Kyle twenty four. Um, with Melo getting cut, is the, are these last few years destroying his legacy? Sam, start it up. One hundred percent. I hate saying that. He's such a good player. He's you know he's uh, an elite scorer in the NBA. 
But the problem is, is this guy doesn't have like that championship ring to fall back on. So you could look at other guys and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, they started to fade towards the end of the career. Not a big deal. When a guy has one or two rings, you can look at him and say he's a champion. He's always going to be a champion. He's, he Mello- has plenty of gold medals, Sam. Yeah. You not neck is weighted with the gold medals, man. I don't even know USA if those count. Hero. America. I think he was on that bronze team, too. Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he has plenty of gold and he has a bronze. That is that is diversifying your uh, portfolio, kids. Yeah. Business school. Didn't, didn't think about that one, but yeah, no, I I think it does ruin his legacy a little. He's being shopped around, and he was kind of shopped around um, as an elite scorer. He was, you know, always in trade negotiations. People were always thinking about shopping him around, whether it was at the Nuggets or the Knicks. So I I don't know what his legacy looks like, but it's not one of those elite level like this guy was one of the best of all time legacies. So and I think this hurts it. I don't think he's ever destined for that legacy. I don't. I think it hurts it for the next, you know, for five years after he retires. But after that, I think people just remember him as a great scorer, and he'll go down, you know, where he deserves to be with no championships. You know, he's not. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's not going to be, you know, ever talked about in the all-time greats, unless you're talking Olympics. <laughs> All right, we can move on to the next question. This is from at I throw eighty-eight. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Which award would you guys rather win? In the MLB, uh, Gold Glove or Rookie of the Year? So you get one. Oh, um, I'm gonna go with Gold Glove because once you win one, you're in it for life because it's so political and bullshit. Well, no, you you, win you only win one Gold Glove. Of it, and then my career's over. Well, then you just don't win one ever again. Oh well, I mean, I, I don't. Okay, well, then I'll probably take Rookie of the Year because then you're remembered longer. Yeah, you know, everyone looks up Rookie of the Year. You don't look up who won Gold Glove at third base in 1995. Basically, would you? I guess would you rather be Mike Fontenot or Giovanni Soto? Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Those are some names. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby, do I have names Bobby for Crosby. you? I remember that Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'll be Bobby Crosby. Hell yeah! For the shortstop for the A's. Yeah, Rookie of the Year. How about you, Sam? Uh, definitely Rookie of the Year. It's not even close. Gold Gloves, I don't even know. Like The awards for baseball are just terrible. They're so lame. Gold Gloves, I mean, it's just kind of lame. It was cool to me when like Torrey Hunter was playing. Ever since then, doesn't mean much. Uh, <laughs> Torrey Hunter has, has lost all coolness. No, Torrey, Torrey Hunter has my heart uh, for that award specifically. And ever since then, it just kind of didn't mean anything. Um so, yeah, I, I would definitely rather have Rookie of the Year. It stands out. It shows potential. I, but I think my point of if you win one gold glove, you usually just keep winning them because it's sure. such a bullshit award that, you know, but since I only get one, I'm taking Rookie of the Year because you get remembered. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Great give question. Me, give me gold glove because if you, I mean, I'll be, a, I'll be like a good defensive player because if you're a Rookie of the Year and then you're Bobby Crosby, you're a bust. But if you're Mike Fontenot, you're like, he was a good little player. You know what I mean? That's yeah, true. That is true, actually. Yeah, so I'll be, I'll be a good little I'll, like I'll be the guy where if you're at a bar or you're like on a really 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 good podcast talking with your friends, and and, <laughs> and you're like, wow, Mike Fontenot, he was scrappy. He batted like 270. He a really a really good glove. Bobby Crosby, what the hell happened to that guy? <laughs> Colton, does it change your mind at all that the gold glove isn't actually gold or even metal? It's a glove spray painted gold. Love it. It's a, Love it's a it. real. Glove. Yeah. Well, then I can use it. How about that? That's that's a good point. Yeah, I f- I f- before we move on, I, th- I feel like uh, Adam Engel got shafted on the uh, center field gold glove out there. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we have to uh, start a uh, 
a recount just, rally then. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, yeah, the MLB oh, going to have to start. March in the streets. Hell yeah. Uh, this is the cause that I've been waiting to fight for my whole life. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, next one is from at turdferguson22. Uh, would you would you guys ever consider buying a one hundred dollar monthly pass just to enter an arena on game day? So he asked this because the Warriors are offering a one hundred dollar monthly pass where you get into the arena during a game, but you, there's no seat and there's and you really can't see the court. So you can like go to restaurants, go to bars, be in the be in the uh, hallways and all that stuff, but you can't sit down and actually watch the game live. Uh, I would never do that because arena pricing is so... I mean, if you had decent pricing on stuff, like drinks and stuff, maybe. But no, I would never do that because drinks would be $15. Well, like in this in this case, you like make good money and you can like afford it. Like I don't think any of us can afford a $100 monthly pass to anything. Well, that's a good Spon- point. I mean, sponsor the pod. I'd go there to watch the game with my friends or whatever, my rich friends and just at the bars. I mean, that, for rich people, I'm sure that's a nice little thing i feel like rich people would just buy a ticket though right like i, I feel like that's just a weird in between like here's a hundred dollars to come well because drink expensive there's, beer there's a list of forty six thousand people on the on the waiting list for for tickets Holy oh shit. my god <laughs> so you can get like game to game tickets but season tickets is like forty six thousand people uh to anybody thinking about doing that uh buy a bigger tv and then go pick up like a, a case of beer, and it's w- I'm sure it's way more valuable than than whatever you're thinking. Yeah, it's, just just do that. Yeah, because it's a uh, hundred bucks a month. How long's a season? Like seven, eight months. Buy a six hundred dollar TV and buy cheap Boom. beer, and then have people over. There you go. And that TV will last you a couple years too. So <laughs> at least, hopefully. All right. Next question is from Powder Chowder. Uh, which is a better accomplishment of the week in basketball? Jimmer's 75 points in China or Elton Brand trading Jimmy or getting Jimmy Butler without trading a first pick first round pick Sam, huh. Sam start with you I'll say Jimmy Butler was being shopped so I gotta show love to Jimmer here like that's I mean you just scored 75 points 40 in the fourth quarter 40 yeah. in the fourth <laughs> like, <laughs> like the dude you know he he's probably playing overseas getting paid like a mil plus or something like that like show some recognition show some love for jimmer the guy is electric he was over here and he was electric just teams didn't give him a shot uh, not really he plays terrible defense he but first round pick and then I, I think he was also traded for a first round pick yeah so like yeah. hey you know yeah. what that, that's that's fun that's good time that's that's tons of fun 75 points to 75 points i'm watching that game any day doesn't matter jake yeah I mean that that's fair. I, I wish I could watch uh, Jimmer for that uh, go off, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I got. I want to go with Jimmer, but I also just want to talk about the Jimmy Butler trade. <laughs> and uh, I think it was. I think it was a pretty good deal by Elton Brand. But I think, you know, I don't know if the we heard reports the Rockets were offering like four first round picks. Yeah, I don't know how much. I think Tibbs was kind of going for r- trying to still win right now. So who could offer him replacements for Jimmy Butler and a young player? So they got Robert Covington, who's a shitty Jimmy Butler clone, and Dario Saric. So, it, you know, I just don't think any team could match the talent that the Sixers had to ship off. So I think it, it, the trade worked out perfectly for Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there are, there are um, articles out that, that show – um, offers from, from other teams. There was like an Eric Gordon first round pick trade. Um, Why are they not swinging that then? 
I mean, Eric Gordon is very verbal. If he doesn't want to be somewhere, he's not gonna play. <laughs> like, yeah. Like so, like like he's I was also older. Yeah, Covington and Sarge are kind of young. Yeah, yeah. Covington and Sarge are both under or or twenty four and under. But yeah. Uh, and then there was one more from the Rockets. It was like, um, fuck, I can't. Well, it was it was like a player that you would recognize, and then a first rounder. But so I think they're just going for the young players who can come in and actually play. Because uh, they're basically playing without Jim, uh, Jimmy Butler 60% of the time this year. So get get two like B minus C plus players for him. Actually get a production and then hope Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins figures something out. Yeah, I would say the, I the reason, I, the reason <laughs> I was upset with it is because I think that if you're going to go after somebody, you can't reel people into Minnesota. Like this isn't like a high profile, like, oh my God, everybody wants to go play in Minnesota. Get the draft picks. Get the draft picks. They're forced to stay with you. You know? I mean, those guys have the potential. They have that question mark there. Like, these guys will have to be there. And you got to think, Derrick Rose is playing so well that he's probably going to want to leave. Like, these guys are going to get out of there soon. MVP yeah. players. Oh, we'll, I think, we'll, get, I we'll think, get to what Derrick Rose later. Let me tell you, yeah, folks. I think they you. were thinking that the Rockets' picks were going to be terrible. You know, like, the 30, yeah. 30th, 31st pick, that's not worth that much. I mean, I know the NBA, you can always pull something out of your ass, but really, that's not worth that much. So, All right. I don't know. Next question is from at QB Whisperer 90210. Um, will Nathan Peterman ever get a job again after being cut from the Bills? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> he's He's got to be the worst quarterback of all time, right? I think he'll get a camp. I think he'll get tryouts in camp because he has, has to be the greatest practice quarterback of all time. Or... Sean McDermott is an absolute moron. I don't I don't know. One or the other, because there's no other explanation to why he gets so much playing time or why he got so much in Buffalo. So I think he'll show out in practice. He might even make a roster, but I don't think he'll ever see the NFL field again. Hey, just a, a little reminder, career touchdowns, interceptions, three total touchdowns in his career in eight games. So three touchdowns in eight games, 12 picks. Um, <laughs> no. No, no, nobody should give him a chance. There's no way anybody should give this guy a chance. 32 and a half quarterback rating. It's it's a, he's terrible. No, yeah, well, no. Guess what? Hugh Jackson has a job, Sam. So what do you say to that? That's a good point. That's, That's a great point, actually, yeah. Jake. Yeah, there was <laughs> a good point. There was a point where if Nathan Peterman uh, just spiked the ball four straight times, his pass rating, uh, career pass rating, would have gone up. So yeah, <laughs> I could do yeah. that. Yeah, pay us, pay us money. We can do that easily. I can throw twelve picks. Yes, yes, we can. Probably in shorter amount of time. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, next next question is from at Mister Pickle forty five. Is the fourteen million dollars that Le'Veon Bell gave up worth the potential deal long term? So he he did not report forfeited the whole season. Uh, fourteen mil out. Uh, would you guys do that, or would you just take the fourteen mil? I was saying, like, all year, like, no way he makes the money back. You know, no way. And But now, the one thing that has me convinced is what happened to Des Bryant. Like, if, if Le'Veon Bell goes out there, practices for a week, and tears his Achilles, and is out for a year and plus, oh, my God, you know, he's losing so much money. So he's guaranteed to get a big contract next year. Maybe not what even the Steelers offer. We'll find out. But there's a chance he could have lost a lot for playing for a team that would have abused him. I don't blame him, but
but it sucks not seeing. I just want one NFL season where there's not drama around one of the best running backs in the league. Like it was Zeke all last year. Like, oh, what's going on? Every single week, Lev Bell. Every single week, he's been a story. I'm tired of it. Like everyone, just go to camp. Actually, Jake, I yeah, I kind of I kind of disagree with you on that. I think this has been like a total flop for him this year. Like you're talking about Dez getting injured and like all the money, blah blah. blah. It just shows you, and it like for Dez. You can't sit out this long and come back and just all of a sudden be ready. There's there's a part of being in the you know in the locker room every day and working out and doing the things that they're doing to keep your body ready. I think it almost takes a shot at him for that next contract. And on top of that, look at I mean the Steelers are just fine. The Steelers are just fine. If anything, I think it takes value away from him. I don't know, Colton. You feel that way? Oh yeah. I mean, James Conner's like a really good quarterback, but who, like who knew he would have been like basically the exact same player that that Lev Bell could have came in and, and done Le'Veon Bell's old he needs some sucker team to give him a three or four year deal or else it's not worth it because 14 mil is a lot of money and I don't know if he's getting longer than a two or three year deal yeah that, that's fair probably two or three but I just I don't know I, I understand not wanting to be he would have gotten 400 carries this year if he would have played because the Steelers wouldn't have given a shit they would have just given it to him 30 times a game 40 times a game just said, you know, let's wear him down. You know, he's he is he's twenty like six, so he's not like super old. I think he, he deserves years, that's like a hundred. I know, yeah. but a lot of guys go to you know look at Lashawn McCoy. He's like thirty two, and now he's breaking down. Uh, Frank Gore lives forever. I think there's guys who can, and you know, he, he I'm saying he has three more years in him of good running back play. I don't know. I, I obviously don't think you know he deserves a giant contract, but someone will pay him. Somebody like the Redskins. Somebody yeah. like the Jets. Yeah. yeah, one of those two teams. Yeah, somebody who needs tickets sold and will give money to anybody. Yeah, perfect. All right, last question from from the listeners at B Baller thirty three. Should we really look into the Warriors drama between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green? Sam, start with uh, Okay. Uh, no, no, we really shouldn't. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I guess there was some talk about uh, Draymond bringing up how Katie's leaving at the end of this year anyways, which is like, that's I- I'm sure that's probably a touchy subject for everybody. Um, probably not something, like, if I were, you know, if I were management, ownership, whatever, I'd probably be like, dude, why? Why, do- why would you do that? Why would you start this? Like, if he leaves now, Draymond, you're, you're done here, man. Like, I would be livid. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be the same thing. They're going to come together. Steph's out right now. It's kind of, they've been mad at each other. There's a lot of, a lot of great players on that team. A lot of guys that think they're the best. So it's going to happen and they'll move on. They'll be fine. Steve Kerr brings that team together. He's like the, the Sean Payton. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're going to be fine, but I think him getting suspended a game without pay shows that they absolutely were pissed at him and like, what the hell Draymond, you know, I don't know if this means anything for this year. They're probably, you know. 90% chance they still win the championship, but um, I don't know what this means maybe for Draymond's uh, his, you know, future with the team because they, they're they going to have some tough decisions to make uh, in terms of contracts because they, you know, they have way too much talent to pay. Yeah, they have, they have KD and uh, Clay as a, as a free agent this year, and then next year they have Draymond. So who knows? Yeah. Like, like they could all just be like, oh, I, I want my own team. Um, and then this this dynasty could finally be over, and then back to uh, life without full super teams. Because this, this is the best I, team ever. I, I yeah, really, I, really think well, so. now, I don't. I hope we never see this again. 
But uh, I think it'll go back to being Draymond, Steph, and uh, Clay. And KD will leave, Jamarcus Cousins will leave, and they'll just be a really fucking good team. The team that set the wins record, by the way, <laughs> with Steve Kerr. Yeah, but they lost. That's, that's the thing. Like That team is like one injury or like two or three bad games away from from losing like this team you get you get an injury you get Draymond being uh, suspended and you still have Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson as your like one two scoring threat that's still super scary so yeah like Katie off the team makes him vulnerable uh Draymond and Katie off the team just make them a good team and back to back to equal squads but guys that is all we have for uh, listener questions um Thoughts on the uh, questions that, uh, this week? Excellent questions. Our fans are ultra loyal and helpful. Yeah, love, love, love the the creativity on their names, like their Twitter. What am I looking for? Their Twitter names, handles. Yeah, those, yeah, their Twitter handles. God, I was, I'm so out of date. You're those are those are great. You're a yeah, freaking such noob. A noob. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, those are uh, those are awesome. All right. Well, then we can kick it over to our interview with New York Times bestselling author. Jeff Perlman. We now welcome on a very special guest, New York Times best-selling author, author of eight books, including 2018's Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL. Jeff Perlman, ladies and gentlemen. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Yeah, that was our uh, live studio audience. Jeff, how you doing today? First of all, that was amazing. And second of all, I'm not buying it. I feel like you tell every guest that they're a very special guest. So I don't really feel that special. I think this is crap. All right, I'll restart. We now welcome on a very average and mediocre guest, Jeff Perlman. Yeah, okay, woohoo. Yeah, sweet. Oh, hey, Jeff, every, welcome. Everyone in my household would agree 100% with that introduction. <laughs> nice job on that. Oh, That's yes, that. yes. All right, well, then I will uh, cut that first one. We'll keep the honest one. Uh, yep. th- yeah, thank you for coming on. How you doing today? Uh, I'm good, sir. But, you know, I'm okay. I mean, shooting in America always brings me down. Yeah, Everything exactly. going on in America brings me down. So it's, it's nice to actually step away from the news and talk whatever. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah have, have a, a little escape for a little bit because it's, it's, a, it's a, a pretty tough time right now. Oh, no kidding. It's the worst. Exactly. Um, well, Jeff, you have written eight books, uh, including Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazy Demise of the USFL, like I said. Uh, give us a little background on, on the uh, USFL for those for those listeners who don't really know too much. And what what made you choose this league for for a book? Right, so let me ask you: what, How old are you? What year were you born? I am twenty four. I was born in uh, ninety four. Had you ever heard of the USFL? I have, um, only because of watching like ESPN Classic and seeing all the uh, Herschel Walker stuff. Other than that, oh, yeah. and then I I believe Trump was in it for a little bit. He had some ownership or. He was talking about ownership, but that was all just from ESPN Classic growing up. Yeah. Um, It's funny because someone – I get asked a lot when you're promoting a book. People say, so why are people so fascinated by the USFL? And I always say, I don't think they are. I think I I really had to sell this. I had to sell this and explain to people why they should be fascinated because I think a lot of people either weren't alive for it, don't remember it, don't really care. Um, USFL came along. It was a spring football league from 83 to 85. It was when I was a kid, so I'm 46, so I, I was 10 when it started, and I freaking loved the USFL. I loved everything about the USFL. The USFL was basically a rival league to the NFL, except it was playing in the spring instead of the fall, and it started stealing big-name guys. Number one, out of they start plucking guys from college 
guys like Herschel Walker, Steve Young, Jim Kelly, Reggie White, all these huge names and signing them to these contracts. Um, so if you are familiar with 1980s football at all and you just throw a dart at a bunch of names, probably half of them are going to be guys who spent some time in the USFL. It was a really big league that was ruined by Donald Trump. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, so, so, you're, so you're basically telling me that I can have a league um, in the spring after the NFL is done with, with these kind of names and like in – I'm assuming there were there were markets that weren't that weren't fully dominated by the NFL. So why why didn't the USFL work? Uh, well, the original idea for the USFL was really smart, which was it was going to be a spring league. They're going to keep costs down. Um, they were not going to. They were each team was going to sort of go for one or two superstars, and then the rest of the players mostly were going to be re college stars. So if you were the Tampa Bay Bandits, which is one of the teams. Most of your players are going to come, or a good number of your players are going to come from Florida and Florida State, presumably Miami and Bethune-Cookman, so different schools from the area. And the idea was fans who grew up watching these kids in high school and college are going to naturally want to see them continue their careers. Uh, and it was a really good idea. And basically, uh, the owners sort of lost patience financially. You know, the original thought was you're going to lose money at the beginning, and you'll make it down the road, but you're going to lose money early on. And that all sounds well and fine. But when you start losing money and you're used to making money, it's a different sort of animal. And then Donald Trump came along. He bought the New Jersey franchise after the first season. And uh, he immediately pushed the league to move to fall because he wanted – it's a long story, but he wanted an NFL franchise. Like His goal was to get in the NFL, and he thought if he could force a merger between the USFL and the NFL, he might wind up with a, with a team in the NFL. And, you know, I, I don't know how you feel politically, but to me, total con man – was a con man back then, lied a million times about where the league was going, lied about his motives, uh, had a secret meeting with the commissioner of the NFL, Pete Rozelle, and told him he would throw the USFL under the bus if he could get an NFL franchise. So ultimately, at the end of the day, he was a major reason the USFL died after three years. Yeah, it sounds like he just came in thinking he was smarter than everybody and wanted a loophole into the NFL, and he thought he had his yes. own little path. Correct, 100%. And that's what happened, and he... And, when it died, so there's a really good, if you get a chance, and it's on, I think it's on YouTube now, there's a 30 for 30 called Small Potatoes, Who Killed the USFL, and uh, it was great, it was done eight years ago, and it really tells the story in a, in a more condensed version than my book, obviously, and you know, Donald Trump, again, he wanted an NFL team, he thought he could use the USFL to get it, he lied to the other owners about his intentions, and uh, he killed the thing, and it, you know, if I'm your age, I don't give a crap, it's some league in the past, <laughs> but if you were me, growing up, and you're this kid, and you can't believe that your hometown New Jersey Generals have Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie and a million stars. And then you find out this jackass owner just wants is doing it for his own good. Uh, it sucks, you know. Yeah, that is tough because um, having, I mean, just just those two names right there in like a brand new league. I feel like right. I, I feel like that's the kind of team that that's going to dominate for for years. Well, they were there were a lot of teams that had really really good players. There were a couple of teams that would have survived in the NFL. Um, Again, like, you know, Reggie White. Reggie White was a star defensive lineman for the Memphis Showboats. And the Memphis Showboats. That's what are the names are great. Yeah, the what are, are great. what are some of your favorite names out there? Oh man, the best is the San Antonio Gunslingers. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Houston Gamblers. Yeah, the Oklahoma Outlaws who merged with the Arizona Wranglers to become the Arizona Outlaws. You had the Boston Breakers who moved to New Orleans and became the New Orleans Breakers, but then they moved to Portland, Oregon, and became the Portland Breakers. You had the Chicago Blitz who traded, were traded for the Arizona Wranglers. So the Chicago Blitz became the Arizona Wranglers, and the Arizona Wranglers became the Chicago Blitz. 
Tampa Bay Bandits, Orlando Renegades, Washington Federals. The names are great. The uniforms are freaking gangster. You should look. Do a Google for USFL uniforms. They're insane. They're so good. It sounds like the kind of league where if you if you buy a video game, but the video game was too poor to to like have any rights for NFL teams, uh, it just comes up with like these kind of names and like these kind of players. Well, here's what I can tell you factually. It's funny you say that. The um, if you watch closely, uh, all right, like Friday Night Lights. Did you, did you watch Friday Night Lights when he was around? Oh, of course, of course. Okay, Julie Taylor is at college. In one, I'm, I'm literally I'm watching Friday Night Lights one time. Julie Taylor's at college, and she's in, like, the college uh, commons area watching football. And I'm like, holy shit. That's a, she's watching the Tampa Bay Bandits play the Memphis Shippers. Like, any, any, like, all over TV commercials. If, if it was a TV, uh, a company selling TV, TVs, and they were not the official TV of the NFL, and you look closely and they're watching a football game, it's almost always a USFL game because the clips are so cheap to buy. That is amazing. Yeah, that is that is one of my favorite shows. So every time I watch that now, with somebody I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that and act like I knew it and uh, just, and just look really really smart so I can impress everybody. I'm comfortable so, with that. Yeah, I'm thank you very that. much. I might source you depending on. Uh... You don't have to. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. I won't then. I'll just I'll really take it for me. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you have written eight books, like I said, and honestly, every single topic just seems not like not only just pure interesting, but it just it just seems like a lot of fun to even write about. Uh, the bad guys won on the on the uh, on that Mets team. How how cool was it to actually um, hear some some behind the curtain stories? Because there you always hear legends and like always hear stories about that team. But was it fun writing that book, or was it or was it like eye opening? Uh, it's both. So that was 1986. I was 14 years old, and that was the one where the ball went under Bill Buckner's legs in yeah. the World Series against the Red Sox. And um, wow, the best thing about writing—I have a great job. I have a great job, and um, one of the best things about it whether it's the USFL or the 86 match of the 90s Cowboys, is you get to go back and dissect history, sports history. So I was at the time, I'm 14 years old watching the World Series, and I see the ball go under Buckner's legs, and I'm euphoric because I'm a little New York kid. And then, whatever, 20-something years later, I'm talking to Bill Buckner about the ball going under his legs, or I'm talking to Dwight Gooden, or I'm talking to Keith Hernandez, and you're talking to these guys about these things you witnessed as a child that meant so much to you as a child. And now you, just because you have a press credential and, and a book deal, you get to approach these guys and talk to them about it and learn about it and find out the secrets behind it. I mean, it's, a, it's great. It's so freaking fun when it's at its best. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, great. Eye-opening and fantastic, equally. That is awesome. Um, have you had any, any moment where you kind of, you kind of uh, described it right there, but have you had a moment where you're talking to somebody or you're hearing stories that you, that I'm sure nobody was ever meant to hear. And you sat back and you're like, wow, my life is awesome. Or like, this is the coolest job in the world. Like what was the main moment looking back that you, you realized you made it and like, and that this is a really cool spot to be in. Um, that's a good question. I mean, thank you. Yeah. This is going to sound a little corny and a little like sure. grandpa, grandpa. Yeah. All right. It's good. I, um, like I have a job where I didn't see this when I entered journalism. Like uh, I, di- I didn't really think about this at the time. But I have, you know, I have two kids, and I rarely miss a sporting event. I rarely miss a school conference. I really like you're home and you have this real relaxed schedule. And yeah, you work late into the night and you have to make your own hours and blah blah blah. But like, I actually get. I'm, I mean, I'm literally talking to you, and I'm, I live in Southern California, and we were able to move here because. My wife and I both work for ourselves, so we, we don't we're not bound to any location. And I'm staring out at the hills, and it's like 75 degrees out. It's sunny, 
I'm not wearing any shoes. In a couple hours, I'll pick <laughs> up my daughter from school, and then I'll get back to researching. It's just, it's just like, it's mainly like the lifestyle it affords you uh, is is great. It's just great. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's yeah, been great. Yeah, I definitely get that because I'm sitting here. Um, I'm I'm actually going to school in in Wisconsin right now. So I walked to school and it was like 30 degrees and and just freezing on my face. The wind's blowing me. I can't even feel my nose and. And yet you're just sitting there with no shoes, relaxing and enjoying the sun. So that that's definitely yeah. a that's a, a really a really uh, I guess agreeable time to realize that wow, my life yeah. is awesome. Also, like also like I mean, it is like there are little things, there are little moments along the way when you write books that are awesome. Um, the first time you get your publisher sends you the book, maybe a couple of weeks before it's coming out, and you hold the finished product in your hand, um, walk into a bookstore and seeing it there on the shelves. Um, Seeing it, I was seeing getting the New York Times and seeing it on the bestseller list. Uh, being on a train or a plane and seeing someone randomly—it doesn't happen that often, but it happens. Reading your book, um, stuff like that is thrilling. It just is. It's thrilling, you know. Doing a signing and people actually coming, <laughs> you know, like yeah. all those kind of things are little perks along the way. That, that when I was a kid growing up, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I used to absorb sports books. Like I used to read them cover to cover. My dad would bring me home six, seven, eight at a time from the library. I would just pour through them, and now I'm the guy writing them. I mean, that's a that's a cool life turn for me. Um, how hard is it to actually write a book? Like, was because I I can barely even read a book, and huh. and you're out here writing eight books, New York Times uh, bestseller. That's I can't even imagine how hard that's going to actually be to have thoughts and to put them on paper and actually get them in in some order where where people want to read them. I mean, it's not. I don't want to overstate it. It's not, I mean, I'm not saving lives. <laughs> you know, I'm not <laughs> a cardiologist, I'm not a firefighter. I'm not, I mean, there are harder jobs, but it is, uh, it's mentally, it beats you down. I mean, I try to interview hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for the books and do tons of research and really dig deep into the material and you get sick of it. I mean, I'm working on a book now about the, the Lakers, the Shaq Kobe era Lakers, and it's pretty much nonstop digging into that era, digging into that era. And there are times where you just don't want to hear about the Lakers of 1996. And you kind of have to because it becomes your life. So it's not, it's not, I, it's, it's a, I'm very lucky to have this job. Like very, very lucky to have this job. I, I cannot complain about it. But there are moments where it beats you down. Oh, I bet. Um, have you ever had a moment where you're like, you're like watching um, someone give, give sports takes, watching like SportsCenter, for instance, and you hear them talk about, a team that, or a team or a, a player that you've written on, and you and you're just sitting back and you're like, he's he's getting everything wrong. Is is that frustrating if that ever happens? Uh, that does happen. Um, you know what happened the most? I wrote um, I wrote Brett Favre's biography a couple years ago, a book called Gunslinger, and I think it was the NFL Network did a football life on Brett Favre, and I just thought they mangled it really badly. Other off, I thought that was a guy were off. I thought they missed it. Um, but it's not really frustrating because it, does, it doesn't really affect me. But True. it's it's a little bit exasperating because you're watching it and you know it's just they're not getting it, the story correct. And and you know how interesting the story is. That's the other thing. You know how interesting the story is and that they're not really telling it well. But it doesn't – it would bother me more if I had written a book and, and my editors just butchered it. It's not – if I have nothing to do with the project, it, you, don't get, you don't get too upset. Um, out of all of your books – which do you think would be the best movie? If you if you tell a story that you told on on pages, what do you think would, would translate into the best feature film? I think maybe the, 
the most recent book, the USFL book. There's like a ton of drugs. There's a ton of sex. It's like, um, it's kind of like, did you ever see that really mediocre Keanu Reeves movie? Um, the Replacements? Yeah, The Replacements. Oh, yeah. Which is, it's fine. Like, it's fine. If you're sitting in front of the TV and you're doing something and that movie's on, it's not the worst movie to have on, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like a uh, Sunday Sunday afternoon. You've, you've drank a little watching football and you want like a nap movie. Right, but it wouldn't. It would make no one's top twenty sports movies of all time. Which, exactly. Like not even right. So the USFL is like that movie. If that movie were good, okay, that movie on steroids and drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. And hookers. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I guess we can bounce around to a few of your uh, books here. Um, reading online, your Barry Bonds book, "Love Me or Hate Me," was actually, I guess, sort of cucked by Sports Illustrated. They uh, ran, they ran a story on on Barry Bonds that that went pretty pretty viral right before you released your book. Uh, tell us about that and how frustrating it was. And um, I'm a really petty person. I'd probably never forgive Sports Illustrated. Have you ever come to terms with just how the uh, timing worked out? No, that's not really what happened. What happened is there were two books that came out. So there was another book called Game of Shadows, which um, was also a Bonds book. And it came out, I think, two or three weeks before my book. And even though I'd been a writer at Sports Illustrated, although I wasn't anymore at that point, um, Sports Illustrated ran a passage in the magazine from the from Game of Shadows. So I think it says that on Wikipedia. I was never um, I was never bothered. Game of Shadows was an amazing book, so I didn't blame them for running it. It was it, the thing went on to be number one bestseller. Um, it sucked because my book came out second. We wrote two books on the same subject. My book came out two weeks after theirs. That's not very good for sales. But I was never upset about it. I, I, not at all. That just shows how how nice of a person you are. I would no, they didn't do anything wrong. They did they did zero wrong. I mean, it's a business, you know. They they, they did the right thing. Yeah, that's that's actually a, a pretty good point. Um, after uh, writing on bonds, you you also have a book on uh, Roger Clemens. Are you are you team Hall of Fame for these guys, or after everything that, that that you wrote on and all the stories that you know, do you understand why they're being held out? Yeah, I am not. I don't think either belongs at all. I just uh, it's kind of weird. I don't I don't think. I think about how often we tell our kids, don't cheat, don't lie, try to be honest, try to live virtuous lives. I just don't believe in giving, letting people in the Hall of Fame who we know cheated. I know people say, oh, everyone was cheating or blah, blah, blah. Not everyone was cheating. I covered that era for Sports Illustrated. Not everyone was cheating. So, yeah, they were great players, but they, they used performance answers that were actually illegal in the United States to get that way. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I would not put them in the Hall um, when did you know growing up that you were going to be an author? Cause, cause that's like one of the things where people might have like a phase when they're little, but when did you actually realize that, Oh, I want to, I want to try and write eight books. And also did you ever expect to write eight books? Uh, no, I actually, so when I was in uh, high school, I told my mom that I was going to write for sports illustrated and she was like, yeah, be realistic, be a lawyer, be a doctor. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, I'm going to write for sports illustrated. So my dream was always to write for SI, and I did write for SI, so that was, that was nice. Um, but I never thought about writing books until I was at the magazine, and um, I saw other co- colleagues writing books. And it was never a dream of mine. It, uh, my dream was always to be a writer for Sports Illustrated. Um, and only after I wrote the first book about the Mets, I just really enjoyed it and really sort of dug that. What I like is like you basically have two years with it, you're left alone. You get the book deal, they agree to let you do it, and then it's basically, okay, we'll see you in two years, good luck. I really love that, and yeah. that, that's that's a big perk of it all. Oh, very cool. Uh, do you have a favorite one of your books? Um, probably the USFL book. Okay. Either that or the book I wrote about Walter Payton. Those are my two favorites. 
So yeah, so actually talking about the uh, Walter Payton one, you've you've called it your hardest book to write. Um, explain why you have that feeling, and and what was the process like uh, getting that background um, um, information on a guy that you idolized growing up? Uh, I mean, what made it difficult in many ways, in a way what made it easy and harder, is he's dead. And I don't mean that to sound callous, but like yeah. when someone dies, especially when someone dies young, he was 46 when he died. Um, actually, he's the same age I am, which is so weird to think about. It's <laughs> really kind of weird. Knock on wood. Yeah, it's a strange. Um, when someone dies young, it uh, it kind of immortalizes them in a different way than if someone, you know, if Walter Payton lived to 85 or 90 They'd say Walter Payton, who was 90, died, you know, of whatever, old age and blah, 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 blah. But when you die young, you become iconic quickly, especially if you were iconic as a player. It turns you into even a greater icon because there's a haunting nature to your loss and sort of the what if of the rest of your life. Um, And also, you know, in Chicago, uh, Walter Payton is freaking sacred turf, even more so, I'd say, than Michael Jordan. Because, again, Michael Jordan's still alive. He's 50-something now. You can see what he became. Walter Payton is frozen in time, owed to goodness and decency and courage and strength and determination. And when you come along and you write a definitive biography on him and you find out sort of whatever, he you know had issues with painkillers and he had an out-of-wedlock son, and he cheated on his wife and his marriage wasn't like, you know, those things are not always digested that well by the people who see someone as a godlike figure. So that made it really tough. Yeah, I bet. Especially even like stuff like now, where the the Man of the Year award is the Walter Payton Award. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you like look at that and think he he wasn't that good of a guy, or was it just, or was it just a few details here and there that 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 were kind of buried? Like, do you think it it still should be the uh, Walter Ma- Walter Payton Man of the Year Award? Oh, hundred percent. I think um, I always say I don't think less of Walter Payton. I think more of Walter Payton from writing that book. Um, you know, we all. So we all have our shit, you know? We all have our shit, yeah. all of us. We all have our flaws. We all have done things we're not proud of. Um, it's a fact. We all have. Most of us aren't getting books written about us, but we all have our stuff. And um, I always say, like, I'm really into politics, and I would love to run for office one day, but I don't think I can because I've written some absolutely crazy stuff <laughs> over my 20 years. When I was young and I wrote that, like, you know, uh, you know, some some just, you know, rants about religion or about, you know, whatever, different things, parts of the country, you know, the South. Like, we all have our skeletons and we all have our things in our life that we regret or that we did poorly, Walter Payton included. But it doesn't take away from the ultimate sort of, um, you know, all-encompassing good that he did. And, like, the thing about Walter Payton that I really admire is he had a lot of struggles and he had a lot of demons. But he also knew sort of what he meant to people and he knew what his image meant to people uh, and he never wanted to let people down. And I think to live with that, to live with that sort of desire to present a kind of thing, you know, just because you don't want to disappoint your, your fans, I think that's, that's a very difficult way to, to exist. Um, so obviously, like you just said, you don't, you don't think you wrote him in a bad light because you, because you kind of, I guess humanized him and showed like everything that he went through and, and he was still that like that great of a guy. Did you ever come away from a book thinking um, like as you read it about two and a half years later and you're going through it and you're like, man, I really wish I wrote him. I wrote about him in like a different light or gave him like a different narrative. No, but I've had moments in books that I regret. Like uh, just as an example, this is going to sound really weird, but sure. 
in a in a Walter Payton book, I uh, I found out like in research that Walter Payton had her, I think herpes, right? Yeah, it was um, totally, completely, one hundred percent inconsequential to the narrative of that book. But sometimes you just get you get a detail, and you get so excited that you have a detail that you use it. And I, in hindsight, I just thought that was a stupid detail to put in that book. It didn't add anything. It was kind of embarrassing. What was the point? So I've never read a book where I'm like, ah, you know, that was a, I wish I could have it back, the book back. But there, you know, as you grow, you're, you're, I think your judgment improves. I like to think so. And I've had definitely had my moments of mediocre judgment. Yeah. Um, so you've gone on plenty of book tours, gone on, on plenty of shows. What kind of question do you wish people asked you more? I mean, I'll say this, and this is no, no indictment of you. Um, I always like when people read the book before they interview you. Yeah. I'm not upset at all, but it does make generally for a better interview because people know the material. And most people, it's understandable. People don't have time. They do a lot of interviews. We're going to, you know, I, I have a podcast where I have writers on. I don't always read the, you know, if they've written books beforehand. Um, but it does make for the best interviews are when people have read the book and know the material, you know? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's nothing personal. Cause that's, that's just a fact. If you, yeah. if you can spit back and forth and, and give details about the book, it's, it's definitely a lot. A lot smoother right. and uh, a lot better conversation. Right. Uh, what was your favorite sport growing up? Uh, I was kind of an all-around kid. I mean, I loved – I grew up as a Nets, Jets, Mets fan. So um, I really loved <laughs> the New York Jets as a fan. I know. I grew, I grew up as a Jets fan as a kid. That was probably my favorite team. Um, they were horrible. They were always horrible. Uh, the funny thing is when I was a little kid, my brother David, who's two, he's two years older than I am, when he was probably eight, maybe I was six, we were at the kitchen table one day, and he declared that he was going to root for the Giants. And I said, okay, I'm going to root for the Jets. And <laughs> my brother has probably not watched a football game since. I mean, literally has not watched a football game. Could not name, wouldn't recognize Eli Manning if he was wearing a shirt that said Eli <laughs> Manning. And I've been stuck with this dog shit team for the last 40 years. <laughs> that is unfair. Yeah, out of out of pure just like like childness and like, oh, yes. well, I'm going to be unique. And, and he just exactly. happened to pick pick the way better option. Yep. Yep. Um, if you weren't an author, what do you think you would be in this world? Um, I don't know. I always, uh, I always wanted to be a firefighter. I took the firefighter test like seven years ago in New Rochelle, New York, when I lived there, the volunteer fire, no, actually the full-time fire, fire test. And, uh, but I was way past my prime. Like it was, they had one opening. There were like 300 people showed up. There were a lot of like really muscular, like 22 year olds. I was like, a, <laughs> You know, you were kind of, you were a writer. <laughs> you were I a writer. Was a Thirty-seven-year-old writer. I did the <laughs> test. It was cool. I think if I could go back in time, I mean, I love my job, so I wouldn't change it. But if I could go back in time and do something different, I'd be a firefighter. Um, and then what? What is like a crazy moment where you're you're trying to get some sort of knowledge or some sort of uh, um, interview for one of your books where it just it put you on like if if there's like a journey or if there's like like where you're looking around and you're thinking to yourself, I can't believe this is happening offer a few interviews for a book? Well, I would say uh, the craziest experience um, I had recently was um, for the USFL book, there was a player I really wanted to find, and his name was Greg Fields. And he uh, he was obscure, but when he was in the USFL, he punched his coach in the face after he caught him. <laughs> and then uh, Reasonably. The, team to, the team had to hire a bodyguard uh, to protect the coach, and the, the player was calling in death threats. I'm going to come kill you. I'm going to fuck you up, blah, 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 that stuff. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, I really want to find the player 
and I couldn't find him anywhere. No one knew where he was, but I, f- I found two addresses, kind of obscure addresses for him. And I have a son, Emmett, who was nine at the time. And I said, why don't we take a road trip to San Francisco? That's where the addresses were. So it's me and my son, Emmett, driving to San Francisco to find the psychotic football player. I don't know what I was thinking. Just, and, um, yeah, you're nine. You can, you can back me yeah, up on you this. Can take it. So we walked. We decided we we're going to walk. We we're going to make it a walking tour of San Francisco and knock at the door. And we're walking all over. And the first address is in like this really bad, like cracked out area of San Francisco. And it's me and my nine-year-old son. And we're walking under bridges. It smells like piss. And we're walking through fields with cracked bottles. And we're walking past <laughs> a mental hospital. And we get there and no one's there. And there's a lockbox on the door. But then the other address I had was for uh, an apartment in the projects of San Francisco. And I left with my son with a friend. And I went at night and I knocked on the door. And Greg Fields' uh, sister answered. And she said, I don't really talk to my brother, but leave me your number and I'll try to get it to him. 20 minutes later, I get a call from Greg Fields. And he's like, uh, he lived like 45 minutes away in Sacramento. So the next morning, me, my nine-year-old son, and Greg Fields, the punch hitting, the coach hitting uh, former defensive end, are sitting in a shopping mall food court eating Cold Stone Creamery and talking about the USFL. <laughs> and that was great. Just what a life. Yeah, it's great. I love that stuff. I do love that stuff. I do. Well, that is that is all I have for you, Jeff. Um, do you have any questions for me? I doubt it, but you know, might as well ask. How's the? Uh, how's, how, what's your goal? What's your career goal? My career goal? Uh, I'm I'm finishing up school right now, getting getting into business, and then I have this podcast as my uh, side hustle, and I'm just going to give both the both the career in business and the side hustle as much as I can, like physically give it, and if if either one works out. Where I can. What's the career in business? What do you want to do in business? Uh, marketing, sports marketing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And where do you go to college? Uh, I'm graduating at UW Milwaukee. Oh yeah, nice. Oh, that's cool. That's good. They used to be uh, every now and then they'd be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, randomly it was like 2014 or something like that was the last one, but. Yeah, well, I went to University of Delaware, so uh, a very similar <laughs> situation. Where every now and then you get in, and then it doesn't happen for another seven years. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think we have like. NCA tournament appearance banners in our in our gym, you know, yeah, 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 yeah stuff like that. But yeah, so do we. But yeah, yeah. well, well, Jeff, thanks for having me on, man. Of course, man, my pleasure. Um, now I don't I don't have to hound you anymore on uh, on Twitter, and I really appreciate you you coming on. No, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Jeff. All right, be good. Have Let's a good see. one. Wow, what a great interview by me, Colton. You did excellent, and really what what an interview he was great. I really did. Um. Yeah, so he, uh, listeners at home, you already heard this, but <laughs> I had a, my tactic was, I was going to say, hey, what question do you wish people have, like asked you more? And then he was going to tell me, and then I was going to ask that question. <laughs> so I said, I asked him, and he's like, oh, it's not really like a question. I just wish people read my books before they interviewed me. I was like, fuck, I did not read any of your books. And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, no offense to you. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And I was like, I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Oh. God. And then even um, before the interview, Rockford listeners will know this. He was like, he was like, oh, you guys are from Rockford. I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, quick. What's the first thing I uh, think of uh, when I think of Rockford, <laughs> Illinois? And he I didn't was, say Magic Waters, did he? I no. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, the Ice Hogs. And he's like, no. I was like, don't fucking tell me Magic Waters. <laughs> and he's like, no. What the hell is that? Come on. <laughs> and I was, so then I was. Uh, I was like, oh, shit, like, I have nothing. And so then I was like, the Rock for Lightning? I don't know. Like, what are you thinking of? <laughs> and he's like, are you serious? I was like, oh, shit, probably the Rockford Peaches, right? He's like, yeah, finally. What the hell, man? I was like, oh, dude, this is a really bad start. <laughs> and that was, that was all right before that that interview started. So 
Jeff's a really cool guy, uh, really, really down to earth. Go, go buy his books. Uh, new book, Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL. Guys, he was telling some stories that are awesome. If I, I bet. Like, I'm going to look right now, or not right now, probably, at, probably after the show. If, there, if there's an audio book of this, I'm buying the shit out of it. If not, I may have to force myself to uh, read a book. But, no, it's, <laughs> it's definitely going to be cool. Thanks, thanks to Jeff Perlman for the great interview. Um, but, guys, we can, we can move on to more segments. Um, our next one is a sort of newer segment we, we started off last week. Uh, U.S. politician or Duke Blue Devil? So, um, there, I have five names here. I went with an odd number this week, so we can have a winner of this contest. Well, I won last time. You did win last time, but the uh, the possibility <laughs> of a tie was there. So, guys, we have five names. Um, you either tell me are they a U.S. politician or a former Duke Blue Devil basketball player. No Googling, um, Sam. Are you Googling politicians? Are you reading every politician's name in the world? <laughs> no, swear. Swear. Okay. I'm looking up uh, NFL games right now for next week. But we'll get to that later, too. Yeah, so we will uh, We'll get to our parlay picks later. So we will get to politician or Blue Devil right now. Who would like to start? Who started last week? I started last week. I was a f- No, wait, no. I pushed it to Jake, didn't I? Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam... Would you, since you gave it last week, do you want uh, one this week? Yeah, I, I yeah I want one this week. Yeah, I'm gonna win this week. I want it. I want one. I'm gonna win. All right, you ready? <laughs> ready. Cool. The first person in politician or Blue Devil is Benjamin Cardin. Ben Benjamin Cardin. Benjamin Cardin is he a U.S. politician? Or is he a former Duke Blue Devil basketball player? Ben Cardin. I'm just trying to. I, I try to put like a swear word in front of the guy's last name because I can just envision like ben like all like Cardin. like people just hating him if he's a Duke player. And if I can't envision that, then uh, I I'm not going to go with it. But for this one, I think I'm going to go with. I'm going to say politician. I'm going to say politician for this one. He is. A Maryland congressman. So Sam uh, is up one zero. Jake. Shit. Jake, you are you have number two. Are you ready? I'm ready. Christopher Carowell. Christopher Carowell? Yep. That is a long name and Chris Carowell. Chris Carowell. Ooh. See, would you have a shortened version of a politician's name? I that's 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 you know I'm trying to think of into think into your mind. I'm I don't think you would. I think that's a Duke Blue Devil. Chris Carwell was a 99 2000 season Duke Blue Devil. One to one. What a match. What a match. Sam. Oh. Sam, we're going. We're going rapid fire. We're going to keep the energy up. The heat is on. This is what people came for. I'm pumped, and I'm just asking the question. I can't imagine the pressure that that you guys are feeling. Are you ready? So much pressure, but I'm ready. David Perdue. David Perdue. Um, I'm gonna j- just say I'm gonna say Duke. He was a player. <laughs> you are so stupid. You're so stupid. You're such an idiot. Uh, he's a Georgia Georgia congressman. You rushed me. I felt rushed. I felt rushed. <laughs> Jake, ready. are you ready? All right, here we go. Uh, rapid fire. Jonathan Kyle. 
Jonathan Kyle, that sounds like a Duke Blue Devil. Boom. You're so stupid. <laughs> this is an Arizona congressman. You're so dumb. Okay, you are so dumb. Okay, here we go. Guys, 2-2. Two, two. Sam, for the win, what are you going to do when I tell you the name Greg Paulus? Wow, he's stumped. He doesn't even know what to do. He's so stupid. Greg Paulus? Greg Paulus. Is, I'm putting, putting this one out on the line. 100%. 100%. This guy, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to feel like such an idiot. 100% Greg Paulus, Duke Blue Devil. You're right! Oh my god, you're right! He's a 2005, 2006 Duke Blue Devil, Greg Paulus. Sam, how does it feel to win your first game of Congressman or Blue Devil? I, hey. I know you're kind of joking, like you're trying to like hype it up. No, I'm so pumped up right now. There was there was a lot of uh, like I felt it during that pause. I was like waiting, like I was staring at your lips to see like when that was gonna start. Like when was was I gonna hear? (laughs) That was awesome. Oh man! So guys, you guys are tied one to one on the uh, career uh, politician or blue devil talk. So (laughs) before I forget, I'm gonna kick it into uh, last week. We had the MySpace top eight of snacks. We are not doing a top eight this week. We're gonna we're gonna let it let it recharge. You know, keep keep the energy in there. But I don't want to waste it. You know, we got a special one coming for next we week. Have, though, right? We have a big one coming next week. It's it's gonna be good. But guys, um, so me and Jake have, have have already talked about it. Sam. Who do you think won last week's trio of top snacks? Um, for those of you who are uh, new listeners, we do what we call a MySpace Top 8, but there's really no rules. We actually pick nine. We each pick three, and then we <laughs> vote on Twitter. Mine was Barbecue Frito Twists, Cheez-Its, and Nutter Butters. Uh, Jake's was Oreos and Milk, Cheetos, and Gummy Bears. Sam's, Cheddar and Sour Cream Ruffles, Gushers, String Cheese. Sam, who do you think won? There were 25 total votes. With 44% of the vote, who do you think won? Oh, I, I think it was me. I think I had the be- I think every week I have the best, but apparently people don't like popcorn balls. But I'm gonna say yeah, I, I won this week. <laughs> Sam, you did win this week. You are yes, hot. I you are it. hot, Sam. Let's go. <laughs> needed it. Needed one. I really did. I needed one. I I think I was the only one to not win there. So Yeah, so we are all we all have a win and I believe we all have a second and a third, so Wow. Incredible. <laughs> the struggle. <laughs> the percent is pretty dominant. Incredible. I mean, that's right. pretty definitive. <laughs> well, uh, guys, I guess we can go on to our final segment, the Derrick Rose update of the week. Uh, Sam, what do you got for us this week? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, really, I was going to kind of – I hear that you kind of have an interesting point. I was yeah. just going to talk about Derrick Rose being the most improved uh, points-per-game guy this year. I think he's averaging 10, like 10.5 points higher. Uh, I deleted my notes on accident, but it was like 10.5 points oh. higher than he was last year. His last, I think, three games have all been over 20 points. Um, I think it was like 23-21 and then that 31-point game last week. Uh, he's averaging 19 points per game this year. I mean, it's his best season in, in a long time. This is like, I mean, really, I, I'm not just saying this to be excited either. This is really a great year for him. He's coming, he's bouncing back in a major way. I could definitely, definitely see like a veteran team or a team that's missing a point guard asking for this guy to be a part of that championship team. And by God, I hope he gets it sometime. But Colton, what do you have? Yeah, uh, welcome to the Derek Rose Update. I'm your, I'm your guest host, Colton St. Vincent. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. This week on the Derek Rose Update. Uh, yeah, how'd you like that voice? I, 
I think I, I think I, I just feel got, like I was replaced. I think I just got girls pregnant who are listening. Sorry. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> sexual. Yeah, damn, that was like I I whew, I got some hard nipples right now. Can you right be now. too sexy? <laughs> oh, I was, I'm gonna I'm gonna test the limits on that on that question. <laughs> but uh, guys, Colton here, uh, guest hosts of this week's Derrick Rose update. Um, Derrick Rose was on the court for Karis Levert's gross uh ankle separation um i don't know if you guys saw it basically his leg uh went straight and then once it got to the ankle it didn't really go straight anymore it was it was gross disgusting kind of looked like uh um what's his name gordon hayward's injury but funny i bring that up right so funny so ironic unintentional me bringing it up derrick rose was also on the court for gordon hayward's gross injury and he was on the court for Paul George's gross injury. Huh. Hmm. X-Files music. Hmm. I, like, I'm, I'm not one to like, like, I don't know. What's the word? Scapulate? Step, step. Speculate? Speculate. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I was doing so good on the fucking Derrick Rose update. <laughs> anyway, I'm not one to... Spe- I'm, I'm cutting that. I'm not one to speculate. Um, is Derrick Rose cursed? Because he's been on the court for three gross... Leg injuries, and he's he's also been on the court for what three gross knee injuries. No, it's it's no. Let me explain because sure. I knew this was going to come out. <laughs> this is God speaking through Derrick Rose, essentially by saying, "Hey, let me during these injuries because they were going to happen regardless because that's how God plans things." Is that <laughs> he put Derrick Rose on the court Sam, man to mentor him? Yes. Oh, hundred percent, man of God. He put Derrick Rose on the court to mentor him through that tough time. He knew with Derrick Rose being there that it would be more comfortable and you know and, and whatnot. He would have that power, that energy to get through it. And thank God uh, for Derrick Rose. Who's closer with God, Derrick Rose or Cody Parkey? Uh, that's a great question, actually. Maybe, maybe Cody Parkey. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he seems real close. I mean, God is willing to give him days where he hits the upright four times in a row, and he just lets it roll off. That's a good relationship. I can't believe you know? that happened. That's so many <laughs> times. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, Derek Rose is I, – Colton, I actually like that one, though. That was that was a good update for the week. Uh, that was Thank good speculation. Um, but, yeah, that was good. Um, also, quick conspiracy theory since we're on <laughs> – since we're on conspiracy theories, the Lions, are they messing with the balls? The Mason Crosby missed six kicks. Uh, Cody Parkey hit the upright four times. I mean, are they doing so- all versus the Lions? X-Files music. I think 0-2 against those teams, though, still, right? So, no, they beat the Packers. I don't, I don't really know the uh, Oh, they crushed music. them. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. They crushed them that oh, week. They, did cru- they crushed them. <laughs> hey, like, like Bears beat the Lions, but the Lions crushed the Packers. That, that would suck. Well, let's not forget the Packers did whoop up on the Dolphins this week, so it's not a good week to bring that up. Yeah, but yeah, but that wasn't in Brocktober. We had to play Brock Osweiler in Brocktober. No, November. I mean, that's pretty – that sounds No, pretty- nope. Jake, you can't just make up words, you idiot. <laughs> that sounded dumb. I'm an idiot. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, that's that. That's all we have for segments. Let's finish this episode off with a winning parlay pick. Um, oh, um, God. <laughs> new listeners, we have been picking one lock per person every week, each putting in $10. A parlay win usually gets you about $170. We've, what is it, five weeks? We have, we've hit two. 
and uh, we've. You only... don't need to say it like that. Let's just say how much money we're up. We're up like three hundred dollars. No, I mean we we put in thirty every week. Yeah, what I mean, <laughs> we won. We've put in one hundred fifty and won three three forty. So, ah. we're... <laughs> yeah, so we're up. We're up like one ninety on the year. Not bad. Not bad. But, I think that's good. But our um, overall record is, um, what is it, twelve and three. For, for games, so pick pick these games individually too, people. <laughs> All right, well, Jake, do you have one yet? I mean, this is a really tough week. I know yeah. you guys are looking, but I, I I hate my pick, but I do have one. I just want everyone to know I hate it, and it's the only one I have to make this week. So if that lets you know how the lines are this week, you know, good luck. I'm going with a team coming off a terrible loss and a team coming off a huge win. I'm taking the team that's coming off the loss. They're hungrier. This team needs to make the playoffs. And I think the other team's a joke. I'm taking the Falcons minus three at home versus the Cowboys. I think the Falcons need to say, are we making the playoff run or not? And I think the Cowboys are terrible. All right, Sam, um, are you you still looking? Yes. All right, well, then I'll go on to mine. My pick this week is the over. For the Broncos at the Chargers, forty-six and a half. Um, I think, I think, I think they can get there. You know, how's that for a little analysis? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> my analysis. <laughs> hey, here's my pick. I think it might do well. All right, rock on. <laughs> so there you go, Sam. Questions on on any of the lines here? For those of you who are who are just listening for the first time, this is basically how we do it every week. Sam doesn't know anything about the line, so he just asks. Um, he hasn't gotten one wrong. Yeah, yet, Sam's but. also unbeaten this year. So what's the what's the line on the Broncos Chargers over? I just do over. So over under on that one, the on, Titans wait, Colts, and then wait, did you just ask what the over under on the Broncos Chargers is? Yeah, I just you picked that. You idiot. Fucking a hole. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm sorry. I was You're looking so at my picks. I'm so hey, sorry. Hey, okay, so like, wait, did you pick the over? Yes. So Sam, I know. Oh, sweet. Sam, I know we like joke around a lot. We've been we've been friends for a long time. You're so stupid. Oh man, yeah, that was bad. That was well. Now I can't do that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that correct. You can't just... do that one because I picked it. You idiot. Okay, what's the Colts Titans? Colts Titans. Forty-eight and a half. Forty-eight and a half. And then what's the? Uh, let's let's check the Eagle Saints. Ooh, Eagle Saints. Fifty-five. Eagle Saints at fifty-five. <laughs> hey, that, hey, just to a reference, the Chiefs and Rams are at sixty-three and a half. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can actually. <laughs> but the Raiders and the Cardinals that. are at forty and a half. <laughs> I was looking at that Raiders Cardinals over under. I'm gonna go with the over on the Titans Colts. Forty-eight and a half. Yes. All right. Not very confidently, but yeah, let's go with it. Let's 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 swing it. All right. So we have Falcons minus three against the Cowboys. It, that is a noon game. Titans Colts over at forty eight and a half. Also a noon game. Three oh five game. Broncos Chargers over forty six and a <laughs> half. Uh, putting it in right now. Thirty bucks, folks. Gets you one hundred seventy four dollars and forty five cents. It's it's um, it's official. It's in there. You guys want to do quick? What do you guys think about the Bears line? They are giving three points. Bears minus three versus Minnesota. Wouldn't touch it or what? Oh, I'm I'm not I'm not touching that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, 
it is the uh, sun Sunday night game, so depending on how I do during Sunday, I might try to uh, win, win my money back. And the over-under is at 45. That looks like a decent over. I really don't even know anymore. Gambling's so hard. <laughs> this is the guy who's fi red fire hot last week. Or was that two weeks ago? Two Or last week. Um, was it last week? Oh, man, time flies and you're having fun, huh? <laughs> 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 yeah, so last week's show, I was talking about how I made a cool, like, $1,400 in, like, two days. And then this past weekend... I was like two and forty in both college and NFL. So, including <laughs> including, I was the guy who caused this podcast to lose a third straight parlay. Uh, hand up, you know, gambling's hard. That's, I mean, I'm I'm dumb and gambling's hard. Not the best pick. That's literally all I have. I like I like it. I mean, own up to your mistakes. That's really big of you. Yeah, Jake, you got two of them you should own up to, right? Damn, that's I'm twice as bad as me. That's, every that's, single week. Jake, Jake, that, that's twice as bad as I am. That's super bad. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. I, I've got like three right in a row. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, man. Sweet. <laughs> hey, cool, hook him. Yeah, okay, cool, hook him. Am I right? Hook him. <laughs> oh, shout out to Tom Herman. That's funny. That's laugh out loud funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If if somebody's texting you and and your life is about to end and like your wife's gonna like like everything about your life is crashing down, it's coming to a halt, and your response is, okay, cool, hook him, hook him. <laughs> what are you gonna, What are you gonna do, man? Hook him. Like know? like Whatever. even even, even if there wasn't a hook him, it's still kind of funny. But the hook him is so funny. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. Does he have one of those old people automated texts Sign that signatures? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. For sure. So it's just hook them. I mean, so then it's less cool, but still, the text comes out. Okay, cool, hook them, and that—that's a win. <laughs> Every person in Texas should buy a shirt that just says "hook them." That's just such a sweet thing to have now. Too. <laughs> it's okay, so funny. Cool, hook. I want hook okay, cool, hook them on a shirt. Oh, there are okay. plenty of shirts out there you can find. Plenty. Cool, hook them. Okay, cool, <laughs> hook them. With yeah. Matthew McConaughey on there too, because I think. That voice is perfect. I wonder, I wonder how many guys at the University of Texas are like cheating on their college girlfriends and they're <laughs> getting texts and they're just like, okay, cool, hook them. Whatever, hook them. Okay, cool. Hook them. <laughs> guys, that was actually me. That wasn't Matthew McConaughey. I thought we had him on the show for a little bit. That was just me. Colton. Oh, Colton. oh man. Future guest, Matthew not, McConaughey. Not McConaughey. That was me. <laughs> um, well, guys, that is the show. Before we go into final thoughts, I forgot to, to, to touch on my national champions uh to be the notre dame fighting irish rolling undefeated um sam is jumping around for joy that that's that's the sound that you hear is his microphone bouncing against his body guys huge game i mean it sounds really goofy to hear like say it out loud huge game against syracuse this week <laughs> but uh but yeah um syracuse is ranked what what are they ranked 13 12. Yeah, I thought they were like yeah. thirteen, twelve or thirteen. So depending on uh, what what uh, poll you're looking at, it's a, a neutral field, and typically uh, neutral field games aren't really trap games or like letdown games, low energy games. Um, I guess th that's the only thing that I can be confident about because it's at Yankee Stadium. More, <laughs> more, more Syracuse fans will be there for sure. Um, there, the 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 uh. Uh, Yankees gave him like permission to do a Notre, a Notre Dame Yankees.
themed uniform. And I don't think our quarterback, Ian Book, is going to play. So I'm kind of nervous there. But you know what? Who knows? Who knows? I'm all in. I'm, I'm betting on him. What's the line? I don't know. <laughs> just, what is it? Like? Right, I'm betting on him. What's the line? No it, clue. Hey, 815 representing, too, on Syracuse side of the ball. Don't forget Josh Black, straight out of Harlem, um, playing in that game. So go go Cuse. Go Good Orange. Point, we, we should do a better job of keeping track of the 815 athletes. Yeah, rep the 815, guys. We'll come on Dan to the show, and then we'll keep track of you. Shout out to Dean Lowry. And, and Dan Arnold. Dan, uh, I, I, I'm very confident we can get Dan on the show. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably definitely be after the season, but oh yeah, um, oh yeah, <laughs> if we, I will do nothing to to ruin his. He's he's gone through a, a practice squad two year beating. Like yeah, he he deserves for us to leave him alone. But we have <laughs> we have some pretty uh pretty good connections there. We've got Jake Logley, very first guest on the show. We have Mark Share, friend who wrote about us in the paper. So both both they were they were just both down in in New Orleans to watch him play. So. Yeah, I saw that. They got a picture with him. Yeah. He, he was in our class. We remember him. I His mom was my chemistry teacher. She yeah. was awesome. Shout out to Mrs. Arnold. <laughs> I, I I never got to chemistry because I was dumb. <laughs> chemistry is like a sophomore <laughs> class. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Notre Dame's uh, minus 10 and a half, so I'm, I'm betting that. All right. That, that seems like a strong line, but all right. Well, guys, that is episode 66. Final thoughts. Uh, final thought for me is <laughs> cool. um, we we haven't really touched on movies or shows lately. Um, oh, I went huge and saw... week of trailers. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was going to say, yeah. didn't the uh, Toy Story, the new Toy Story just came out, there the were, trailer for that? There were so two cool. teaser trailers out. Three? Yeah, super, super cool. Two? So, two. yeah, that's that's awesome. But, um, yeah, saw Venom. Uh, Venom. finally, I know it's been a couple weeks Venom. in. Yeah, Venom. a little disappointed they didn't give Eminem uh, a little bit more time in there. They just pretty much played his song out at the very end, Venom. like credits, pretty much. But um, good movie, classic pick. It was just a, it was, it was solid. It was solid. I'd give it like a give six a out rate. of ten. Six out of ten. That's a boring rating, but okay. It's a boring rating. It really is, but that's what it was. Yeah, huge, huge week for trailers. Two Toy Story four trailers, a new oh. Pokemon movie. Pokemon, Pikachu, or uh, was it Detective Pikachu? Detective like Pikachu, yeah. Which is like it's it's like a it's like a live Ryan action Ryan. Pokemon movie with Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, um, and then Game of Thrones announced their uh release date for the new season. So April, April twenty nineteen, it's oh. coming. Oh, finally, dude! I these this is too much for me. I mean, Toy Story four. Don't even get me started, man. I am way too the excited one, for that. Yeah, look up the uh, Toy Story 4 trailer with, with Key and Peele. So oh, funny. So, so funny. Funny, dude. They are ama- I hope they're in the movie a lot. It kind of made me think maybe they're not. Maybe it's just like a teaser. But I hope they're just huge in it. I feel like those are like like too big of names to not have in, it, have in like the movie if they're in the teaser. Yeah, they, they were hilarious in that teaser. But yeah. So- the first teaser also a, very, a little strange, I'd like to point out. Yeah, there's a fork in there. He's not a toy. Nobody knows what's going on. There's chaos. It's chaos little, in, the, in the toy it's world, a people. It's existential on us, and it's kind of creepy, but still super hyped. And I want to debate you guys about animated movies. I know, Colton, we've done a MySpace Top 8. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, we can we can redo it. We have we have new listeners and stuff. We'll do that in the future. And, and Sam. <laughs> so, I don't know. Sam, are you a big animated guy? Yeah. 
Huge. Oh. I figured. Like Lion King, Coco. God, it's so good. All right. Well, guys, final thoughts for episode 66. Uh, final thought is uh, I think the Bucks are still better than the 76ers. And they're, I love watch, they're, they're what I love watching the most right now is Bucks basketball. It is just so much fun. So many, such a better offense. It's been so hard to watch the last two years because it was just Giannis and then everyone else. But uh, yeah, I love watching Bucks basketball. Sam, final thought. Final thought, uh, go Sox. Go Sox, go get Harper. Um, <laughs> I thought that was going to be it. <laughs> go Sox. No, uh, yeah, go get Harper. Um, go get some guys. Make a splash here this offseason. Make it fun for the Sox fans next season. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs> Hook them. Uh, my final thought, uh, big big thank you to a, to a Jeff Perlman. Big fuck you to the Warriors and the Spurs last night. I, I put pretty heavy money on you. And you would think... If you put money on the Spurs playing and the fucking Warriors playing, that you would win some money? No, I lost them both. So fuck you guys. I hate you. But thank terrible you. basketball teams. Thank you, thank you, Jeff Perlman. Thank you too. Listen to us, um, guys. We are all over the place now. We have like eight platforms you can find us on: Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Podbean. Podbean. We're uh, Pocket Cast. Guys, we are all over the place. You can find us basically anywhere you can find uh, podcasts other than Google um, Play and iHeartRadio. I'm working on it. I'm working on those. So. Working. Yeah. Thank you for listening on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Thank you to Two Shots Podcast Network. Um, guys, we will see you next week. I love you. Goodbye. Ain't nobody gonna interrupt my game Oh no, no Ever since you've been hanging around I've been trying to figure out What I can say to you to get some play Yeah What do we do? What we did last night you and I Don't you think it's time we went a bit further? Oh yeah Oh my, when we say goodbye Looking ahead, looking in your eyes Wondering why you and I have hit it
frustrated You step like my steeds The way we conversated Just another day Around the way You and me up close With everything okay Cause I'm Not like the rest Indecision with the best Thoughts from a full court press Just because they hate it How's it go? Hi, y'all fake 